The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week on the program is the CEO of Shutdown Media, an L.A.-based music, graphics, and media marketing company whose clients have included Mercedes-Benz, Red Bull, the NBA, and the NFL. You can follow our guest on Twitter at the Ty Frankel. We are thrilled to welcome our guest, Ty Frankel, onto the Break the Business Podcast. Hi, Ty. Hey, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate having you here. Man, cool story <laughs> starting this company, by the way. You started out as a producer and then started Shutdown Media at 19 years old. I can't tell you what I was doing at 19, but I can guarantee you it wasn't as cool as starting a media company. So <laughs> I'm curious, what inspired you to make that transition from being, you know, I'm a producer and I'm going to move into this uh, media publishing company. What inspired you to make that move? Um, really, we've been just a music agency for basically up until March. So in March, we, we really started our foray into art and marketing, those side of things. But um, what inspired me was that I was 18, 19 years old. I was making music for media myself. Um, I lived in Thailand when I was 18 for like six or seven months. My dad was in Australia and my mom was in Israel. I'm Israeli and I can't stay with my mom more than four months out of the year because I either I have to go to the army. And then I can't stay with my dad. He's in Australia and that wasn't a good situation. So I kind of had to make it on my own. So I was really trying to find the the best, quickest way that I could use my skill set um, to make enough money to, to make it on my own. And, you know, that's when I started uh, Shutdown Media. So at first it was Shutdown Production Music and then it kind of developed, um, you know, we, we started a lot of different divisions, um, you know, two, three, four years after. And along the way, you've started to foster some great content projects for some really impressive brands. I mean, the list of clients your company's worked with is is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Uh, how did you, especially at, at, at such a young age when you started, how did you go about connecting with some of these major brands, these pro sports teams, these car companies to move this company forward? Man, it was cold email 100% of the way. Really? So, yeah. And that's what I'm really good at. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know what I'm not good at. I know what I'm really good at. And cold email, I've got it down to science, um, basically. So at first I didn't at all. You know, it took seven, eight years to get to this point. But, you know, as a producer, I've been producing since 2012. So just constantly reaching out to rappers and vocalists and singers and other producers to establish relationships and like get feedback on my beats and, you know, collaborate I reach out to, I've reached out to thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people. So it's just the art of like refining that and making sure that I'm doing that in the most efficient way possible. And that's really how we got all the clients um, for shutdown up until now, uh, probably 90% of them, you know, lately I lived in LA and, you know, got clients that way as well. Wow. That's, that's really impressive and a, and a very surprising answer. I, I, all right. So I, I want to pivot to that now. Because I think whether you are the CEO of a media company like you, or you're just any other artist, an independent musician trying to move your career forward, 
It seems to me that being skilled at the art of the cold email to build those initial relationships can be a valuable one. So can you share some tips? Like what mm-hmm. do you do that makes your cold emailing so effective? So I'll share a couple of tips. Yeah. And I've studied this so, so, such a long time. So I've really got it down to art, like I said. So basically um, what I do first is make sure that I had the product to back it up. Obviously, that's that's step one. So if you don't, don't even bother cold emailing. It's never going to work, even if your cold emails are the best in the world. Um, so number one, have an incredible product or service. Um, number two, find people that need it, of course, and then that would that would buy it, um, you know, or subscribe to it or, or whatever you do. And then number three is just the actual cold email itself. So, um, you know, keep it short. The first sentence, completely personalized. Hi. And then I say their first name, completely personalized. I do research on every single prospect, three, four, five, 10 minutes on once on a single prospect to make sure, okay, I know what they do. You know, look, for example, when you're reaching out to a music supervisor, let's say they did a show, um, they supervised music on a show that used a lot of new school and old school hip hop. You could say something like, hi, name. I love the way you blended the old and new, the new and old school hip hop on show name. Um, great work. And then it's like, okay, the supervisor checks the email and they're like, wow, they did research or they watched my show. They're a fan of my work. Like now my, my ears are open to what this guy has to offer. And then the next thing is just like a basically social proof is basically like, yo, we worked with this company, this company, this company, whatever. We kind of leave a link to what we do. And then it's like the CTA, the call to action to like, let's talk or let's hop on a call or whatever. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And if they don't answer that, then we just email them like another, like once a month, basically until they tell us to F off or um, (laughs) until they reply and potentially work together. Listeners, go back. If you're listening to this on a podcast, skip back like 30 seconds and just listen to our guest's advice several times over. That is such good advice on all fronts, especially the piece when it comes to personalizing a cold email. I can't tell Mm. you how many cold emails I get or or how many LinkedIn in-mail messages I get or how many Twitter messages I get that I will not read or I'll just delete them because I can tell that I was just one of 3,000 emails that you just churned out in some boring formulaic message and I can tell you didn't learn anything about me or research me or give me any idea of how we could actually be useful to each other. And as our guest noted, if you just take the small step of learning a little bit about the person you're reaching out to and putting that in the email so you can tell so you're telling me the recipient that you did your homework it makes such a difference right ty yeah yeah um i get lots of those emails too obviously and it's i consider it disrespectful cuz they don't respect your time mm. they just send you the email and expect you to do something for them no when you're emailing someone you want to help them out so it's like if they're a music supervisor and you have incredible music and you're super easy to work with you know incredible music that they would potentially use they want to get to know you. You know what I mean? So you're, you're the prize here. You're helping them out with what you're doing. You're not like, Hey, can you do me a favor? Check out my tracks, whatever you, that's you asking a favor. Right. Um, so you just yeah. want to present what you have to offer in a way that, that kind of, um, subconsciously showcases you as, as the prize and, you know, no inklings of, of, um, desperosity. Is that even a word? <laughs> Desperateness. You can't have any inklings of, of being desperate, and things like that. That's also why you keep the email short. No one cares about you. No one cares. I was born in Cleveland in 1982, but like, <laughs> shut up, shut up. No one cares. 
three sentences. First sentence, positive compliment about them. Make sure you do your research and everything. Second sentence, showcase what you do. Very simple one sentence. The third sentence is just a, you can just put let's talk. And that's it. It's very simple. And that's the wild thing, right? Is that that's all it takes to actually get a decent conversion rate on your cold emails. It's not, you don't have to burn a lot of calories, but the fact that so few creators and so few entrepreneurs actually do it is pretty shocking. And what it says is if you're willing to just do that little bit of effort, that little bit of research, you can put yourself easily in the top 10%, top 5% with just that tiny amount of effort. That's a, that's a huge return on investment. It's crazy. So I don't understand uh, people. <laughs> it's just such an easy thing to do. Like if you have the goods and you find people that would love what you do and appreciate it and work and need what you do, and you know how to reach out and you develop a system, you can create templates and then you could have a sheet where you're tracking everything. Um, you could email people consistently, maybe once a month. Don't be too annoying. You know, keep updating them with new things, new cool things you're doing that they could potentially use or whatever then it's, it's really hard not to get clients that way, whatever, whatever business you're in. Right on. Let, yeah. Let's shift back to shutdown media now and uh, talk more about, uh, for, to the uh, artists listening who are probably creating a lot of content and are potentially interested in working with companies like yours to maybe help get their music placed in these kind of innovative campaigns that you're doing with these big companies. Do you have any advice for those artists in terms of moving forward in that area? What sort of music do companies like yours look for and how do artists get your attention? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what we look for is just really, really great modern music. We do hip hop, pop, EDM, um, R&B, that sort of thing, which you'd hear on the radio. Um, I know a lot, it, the genre, it just needs to be commercially viable. Like, for example, it can be orchestral, it could be rock, it could be folk, um, jazz, lounge. Um, most of this music is used in one way or another. So it, it really doesn't matter. You can just be super good at one or two genres and you can still find success in the sync world. Um, and then within that sync world, there are what, what are called production music libraries. You know, and they range from super small, super independent to companies owned by Universal and BMG and Sony ATV, um, companies like that with maybe a higher budget, especially up front. But basically, they're the middlemen. So let's say you would sell them your music. They would take it. They would own it. They might pay you up front. Maybe not. Depends on how good your music is and which company it is. And then they would basically put cover art on it um, in terms of, you know, they would create a whole album, master it and then distribute it. So they would you know, they would distribute it maybe domestically in the US and they would have partners who would distribute it all around the world. Um, And then they would basically be going and getting placements for you and you'll make that back-end income, whether it's um, writer share on the back-end, it could be mechanical royalties, um, sync fees, neighboring rights, um, things of that sort. And there are a lot of these companies out there that provide these services. And as you noted, some of them are run by major publishing companies. Some of them are small boutiques. I'm interested in some of the ones where they are run by, you know, they look like pretty large operations, but they're fairly open enrollment in terms of there's not a lot of, you know, vetting and entry to get in, uh, maybe a little bit of vetting. But for the most part, you know, if you pay the fee and you can, you can sort of get into that system, I think of companies like Taxi, for example. Do you think these kind of services are good services for artists to get into if they're trying to get their music placed and maybe they haven't built a lot of publisher relationships yet? That's a tough question because because I never use taxi. I think if you have the goods, mm-hmm. you have what it takes, 
and you have music you just have great music basically um and you create albums you could just skip taxi so taxi basically you pay 300 dollars a year um mm-hmm. if i correct me if i'm wrong no that's just about right 300 dollars, 299 i think right 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 so you pay 299 300 a year whatever it is and then basically um you could submit music to them and they're the middlemen between you and the actual music library or publisher so they would take it maybe listen to it give you feedback they have um different opportunities that like publishers come to them and be like yo we want an album in this style okay and then they're like okay cool well, let's give this opportunity to our writers um taxi's great and they have their road rally and they have um you know it's a useful service for some people um but i don't think it's totally necessary um for everyone for everyone so if you have the goods and know how to talk to people know how to build relationships especially via the internet um then i think you could skip them and go straight to the source well let's bring it back to the source then talking to you ty frankel if i'm an artist and i'm trying to get your attention what should i be doing uh shooting us an email and making it short like i said (laughs) yeah and uh just having great music that we could use so i mean for us you know um we really i believe we make the best modern music in the in the industry so um r&b pop um, hip-hop electronic music um we pay producers 250 300 350 a beat um and then writers around the back end and then vocalists the same maybe 152 3 350 it really depends um somewhere around there so if you're a vocalist that's down to work for that for that price or a producer or whatever and you have an incredible music then we're absolutely open to working with you so it's just a matter of okay having that type of music um and then reaching out to us but man out of the people we work with i don't think there's anyone that's actually reached out to us that we started working with um people just don't know how to reach out or their music just isn't there we have an a and r 20 hours a week who just finds artists for for us wow um yeah and so you think a lot of artists the issue they run into might be that their content isn't quite there yet and you know maybe they need to you know kind of keep at it a little more are there any sort of ways that an artist yeah. might know whether or not their music is ready for that kind of prime time? Absolutely. Um, send it to publishers. And if they reply and if they give you a good response, then you know you're good. If not, you know, if, if you get a list of 50, 100 publishers, send them an email every month, great, greatly crafted email, new music every time. If after a year um, you get really bad responses or like, you know, like oh we're not accepting composer submissions at this time or whatever like most of the people who say that they're just trying to say that your music is not up to par (laughs) i find if they give you like incredible if you like if any company you give them like incredible music that knocks their knocks their socks off whatever they're not going to say that our composer submissions are closed they're going to (laughs) just buy it exactly so so yeah that's what i would do i would get 100 publishers even more send them emails over a year you know and as you continue to get better each email you know, you're getting better, you'd have a higher chance of being responded to. And then that's, that's how you'll know um, what, what, what level of music you're doing. You know, you can even ask publishers for feedback, like, Hey, why is there anything I can improve? You know, I really want to work with you guys. What do you guys think? Um, I could do better like that sort of thing. I think they'll be receptive to that, to that tenacity, tenacity, because you don't really see that um, too often. Really benefiting from the wisdom of the crowd there. That's great. You had mentioned earlier that there's an email address that artists can reach out to if they want to send you music. Could you share that with us here? We'll put it in the show description. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ty at shutdownmedia.net. So ty, ty at shutdownmedia. Yeah. 
And if you want to start Twitter conversations with our guest, you can follow him on Twitter at the Ty Frankel. Uh, sorry uh, in advance to your mentions there. Um, before, uh, this has been awesome, man. I've learned a lot. I've really enjoyed this convo. Before we let you go, one last question. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Uh, yeah, I do. It's it's really your business and you should be systemizing your business as much as possible. So for us, what we do with, with Shutdown, we have a list of over 500 prospects with Shutdown Art, um, maybe three, 400 for Shutdown Production Music. Right now, we're working on a new label, Uncivilized Music. We're going to distribute ourselves for the first time ever. We're going to get a list of over 20,000 prospects for that. So it's just a matter in like genuine emails, like we talked about, like everything is personalized and all that, um, you know, hiring four full-time people. But anyways, um, systemize your business, you know, get sheets together, Google Excel, Google, Google Sheets, Excel, whatever you need to do, create systems, create processes. So you're able to replicate everything at a very, very high level, potentially hire someone. I mean, you can go to a website called onlinejobs.ph, hire someone from the Philippines and they're very smart you know, their work, I think is great. A lot of them, you know, some of them, not so much just like everyone else. Um, but you know, pay them five, six, seven, $8 an hour, have them do all the things on the side for you run these systems that you set up, maybe pitch the music, maybe create that help you create the systems, whatever, whatever you need to do, develop relationships, accounting, all that good stuff. And then you just focus on what you need to focus on. And I think something like that could really uh, make a difference in your career. He's the CEO of Shutdown Media, and I have truly enjoyed this conversation. Ty, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks, Ryan. It was fun. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.